الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وما خلقت الجن والانس الا ليعبدون صدق الله العظيم most respected students of deen mothers and sisters Allah Ta'ala created insan as the ashraful makhluqat the best of all the creations the most noble of all the creations Allah Ta'ala blessed insan with those abilities those faculties which no other creation has been blessed this insan has that ability to even surpass the angels the angels are that creation of allah taala who never disobey allah taala la ya'suna allah ma amarahum wa yaf'aluna ma yu'marun they do not disobey allah taala in any way whatsoever whatever allah taala's command is they fulfill that command so when they are such pure and sinless that they don't ever disobey allah taala how does this insan surpass even the angels in their rank is this something possible that insan who is weak who errs make mistakes is the anbiya ali musallatu wasalam that are excluded from that they are masoom they are sinless but the rest of insan So how can they surpass the ranks of the malaika and the angels? So the way that they surpass these angels and this is what Allah Taala brought to the attention of the angels when the angels objected not in the sense of an objection but expressed their surprise when Allah Taala created insan created Adam alayhi salam so the angels were surprised atajalu fiha may yufsidu fiha wa yasfiku ad-dimaa wa nahnu nusabbihu bihamdika wa nuqaddisu lak that you are creating this insan and you're going to put him into earth but we can see that this is the person that has this insan meaning not adam alayhi salam that this insan probably from somewhere they had understood this or learned it that this insan that will come on earth So generally human beings will create a lot of mischief lot of bloodshed and various other kinds of things will happen so are you going to be sending down such a creation on earth Allah Taala said to them inni a'lamu ma la ta'lamun i know what you do not know and one of those things was that this insan Allah Taala has placed such a capacity such a capability in him that he will be able to surpass the angels the angels weren't aware of this that he has such an ability as well now how can this happen the angels do not have the capacity for wrong they don't have the ability to do any wrong they are created in such a way that they are masoom and they can only do that which is right they don't have any other choice in the matter but here comes insan 
An insan is all the time confronted with different situations. He's confronted with temptations. He's confronted with various challenges. And it's now in his choice what he does. Allah Ta'ala has given him a certain degree of this choice. For example, it is a time for salah. Now the angels, there are some angels perpetually all the time in ruku, somebody all the time in sajda, somebody in qiyam, somebody in some, and somebody in some other form of ibadat, perpetually, all the time. Insan, on the other hand, his salah, the compulsory salah comes at fixed times. But at that time, he is challenged. Now somebody's challenge becomes that they're just feeling lazy. Many people, unfortunately, this becomes a story. They're just feeling lazy. So, laziness is a disease. It's a disease that if a person gives into it. So now, it's for example, a person has a disease, some sickness, person is suffering from uh, diabetes for that matter. So now, this is a disease. So if he indulges that issue, he is suffering from diabetes, so the problem is his sugar. Now if he indulges that, meaning he keeps having more sugar, then what is going to be the problem? Then he's going to become very, very sick. And it will be very difficult now to do anything else also, because that diabetes will affect everything. And if a person, he acts contrary to that demand for that craving now. So he's got diabetes and people who suffer from diabetes, the thing that we hear is that they have even stronger cravings for sweet things. So this diabetes now is bringing a further crave, but a person who does not indulge in that, he acts contrary to that and he holds his ground. What will happen in time those cravings will start decreasing. And may even just become totally like normal for him not to have sweet things. But when? When he acted contrary to that. But if he gives in to that craving, it will grow. It will get more. And he will not be able to resist. So now similarly is laziness. It's a disease. So laziness now demands that don't do the right things. Or what you are supposed to do rather. For example now it's time for salah. So the laziness sets in that don't perform the salah now. It's too difficult now to wake up. Oh, now I'm enjoying this conversation here so much and now I must wake up and go perform salah. So I'm just feeling lazy now. I'm just tired. So a person gives in to that laziness. So when he gives in to it, it will increase. He'll get more lazy the next time. And the third time, even more lazy. And then this laziness becomes such a disease that first it becomes laziness in aspects of deen, and then the person gets lazy even in dunya, and necessary aspects of life, the person cannot handle. One person, he phoned to say, please must give him some advice, and how must he overcome this? So, what's the problem? He says, my wife is just so lazy, she won't do anything. So I have to keep making her do the most basic requirements now. She has to fulfill some chores. Forget anybody else's work and khidmat. Even her own thing she won't do. Now, person is complaining now. 
that this is a problem he's facing. She won't even do her own work properly, meaning her own what's necessary for herself, let alone what she should be taking care of her family. Now, this is how far this laziness can set in. A person becomes, that becomes the tabiat, that becomes the nature. The person becomes lazy to wake up and do the necessary work. Now that, that time that laziness just sets in such a way, the person doesn't have the courage to wake up and do anything. So if a person indulges this laziness, it gets deeper and deeper. It affects deen, it affects dunya also. So now that laziness becomes a barrier towards some salah, it becomes a barrier towards a person fulfilling other ibadat. If the first salah is not being performed, then where there can be any thought about nafil being performed? And if salah is, laziness is becoming a barrier from salah, then what can we even talk about tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, of zikr, of dua? The person will be sitting at the time of iftar, for example. It will be iftar time, what a Mubarak time. Ramadan, Ramadan, the month of Ramadan is not far away from us. We should already be beginning to become enthusiastic for Ramadan. We are barely just over three months away from Ramadan. So in any case, it will be iftar time. And it will be this Mubarak time for du'as to be accepted. And a person is sitting, just waiting now for the time to tick, so it will be iftar time, then I can make iftar. But laziness becomes such a disease, that at that time also, a person now doesn't have the himmat to even pick one's hands and make dua. You'll find people just sitting and talking and lazing, and just idling around, and just doing something or the other which is of no use, and they are being deprived of this great Mubarak time of dua, the time of iftar. Why? Laziness. Person has woken up for sehri. Now the person is awake at sehri time. It is the month of Ramadan. It is the time of tahajjud. It is that time of the night which is the most special time. And the time when duas are most readily answered. Now the person normally many people throughout the year in fact it's very difficult for them to wake up at that time. Now the month of Ramadan came with the barkat of the month of Ramadan. The person now is fasting, so now the person woke up for sehri. Now there is after sehri, the person finished with sehri, there's time now, there's still 10 minutes, 15 minutes, 20 minutes sometimes, available for this tahajjud, and for dua, at least for dua at that time. But laziness comes in, when laziness has become a disease, the person will eat, and just fall back to sleep without making any dua, and Allah forbid even then that fajr is in a problem. That fajr is now sometimes made and sometimes missed. Now this is the result of laziness that a person gets so deprived of deen also, that the most special moments, a person is too lazy to do anything that time. The most special moments, the person is too lazy to even ask Allah Ta'ala. Now what can be greater calamity and what can be a greater deprivation than a person becoming so lazy that he can't even ask Allah Ta'ala? Now this is why Rasulullah Wasallam has taught us this dua. Allahumma inni a'uzu bika min al-ajzi wal-kasal. Ya Allah, I seek your protection from being incapacitated or being unable to do what is necessary. One is being unable due to sickness, due to some other problem, some difficulty. And then separately Nabi Wasallam says, wal-kasal, and from laziness. 
Now, Nabi Sallallahu was at the height of every good. But he is making this dua as a lesson for the ummah. That beware of this. These are diseases. Don't get caught up in these things. Don't allow laziness to overcome you. But where does this laziness start off from? One thought and a person gives into it. So now the person is too lazy to perform even the first salah. So now, when the first salah also is being missed, then what else can be spoken about? So, the discussion we were having is that Allah Taala created us as the best of creation. And Allah Taala placed this capacity in us that we are tempted not to do what we are supposed to do. But the person remains steadfast. The person remains steadfast and fights that laziness and performs a salana, for example. Now, this is something which the angels don't have this challenge. And insan has this challenge. So now that laziness came and the person challenged that laziness. Come what may, I'm going to perform my salah. I'm not going to give in to this. That fighting of that challenge within oneself, that suppressing of that laziness, that is something that speeds up a person's progress towards Allah Ta'ala. And now when a person continues, now it's Salah time, the person suppressed that feeling of laziness, the person suppressed that distraction and performed the Salah, this is taking a person at high speed, that speed which the angels also can't match because they don't have this mujahada. Then for example, person for example is traveling somewhere. Now somebody is in a plane, they are going for Hajj, Umrah, whatever the case is. And now it's time for Salah. And now the person is feeling that lack of courage. Why? Because people are sitting here, what they going to say? What they going to say? People are drinking in front of everybody, they are not worried about what people are going to say. People are behaving in an immoral manner and they are not worried about what people are going to say. And to do the right thing, we are worried about what people are going to say. Obviously, not in a way that inconveniences anybody else. Now, for example, person is performing the salah right in the pathway of people walking. That's wrong. But there are spaces where a person can comfortably perform the salah without giving any taklif and inconvenience to anybody else. So now at that time, it requires that himmat, that courage. And our person undertakes that courage. My time for salah is here. I can't miss my salah for anything. Now in that courage, a person is, there's some pressure sometimes in between, but a person undertakes that. This is that fuel that takes a person beyond the angels also. There's a temptation towards guna, towards sin. And a person suppresses that temptation but does not commit the sin. This suppressing of that temptation, there's a mujahada involved in it. And this mujahada that a person undertakes, this is something that speeds a person's progress tremendously to a point where the angels also cannot match this rank of this insan. And this is what we have to develop, this courage, to, for example, adopt correct adab. Now with our parents, sometimes the parents said something, instructed us with something, and now we are not feeling comfortable about it, whatever the case may be. It may be something that is on a 
general note, it might be not necessarily something that's compulsory and farz, but they asked to do something or they stopped us from going somewhere, which in itself might not be wrong, but they don't feel very appropriate that we should go. Now we are feeling very strongly that now we want to go there. And parents said, sorry, you don't go, you stay here. Or whatever the case is, now in order to adopt that adab, sometimes is a challenge within. How do I go about it? Do I give in? Or do I challenge this? Do I back chat? Or do I still remain humble? Now this is a challenge. And there are those who undertake this challenge correctly. Now there is a mujahada in that. But when they make that mujahada, this is like a turbo boost. The speed that they move at when they make that mujahada. This is why the angels cannot meet insan's rank when this insan becomes correct. Now he is thinking all the time. This is a mujahada. That what should I do? How should I do it? I must do it the correct way. To adopt adab also requires this thinking, requires this engaging the mind. How should I say it? Hazrat Maulana Qasim Nanotwi Rahmatullah is a alim of a very great caliber. He was somebody extremely of a very high caliber and an alim of a very high level. His capacity was such or his, his level and rank was such that Hazrat Hajim Dadullah Muhajir Makki Rahmatullah who is his sheikh. Now, can you imagine the sheikh is saying about the murid. Mawa Qasim Sahib Rahmatullah and Mawa Rashid Ahmad Gangui Rahmatullah Hadim Dadullah Rahmatullah is saying about them that the situation actually got turned around. It should have been the other way about. The situation somehow got reversed. It should be the other way around. What should be the other way around? They should have been my sheikh. I should have been their murid. Now can we imagine what an endorsement this is of the sheikh that he is saying regarding the murid that this murid should be my sheikh and I should have been his murid. And we are talking about no ordinary sheikh. The sheikh who was Sayyid al-Taifa, the leader of the mashayikh, Hazrat Hadim Dadullah Rahmatullah Now this is the endorsement of his sheikh and this is the caliber of the personality. But once the sheikh gave him some kitab that he had written and the sheikh gave it to him to go through it and check if everything is in order. Now the sheikh is not a formal alim. He had studied up to a point but he had not formally graduated. And this murid is somebody who is an alim and who is an a teacher of ulama an ulama of a very high rank and he himself is somebody who all the ulama are looking up to him for his knowledge can we imagine the senior ulama who are experts in the knowledge they get stuck somewhere they are referring to him now this is his caliber and now he has been given this kitab to check so he goes through it and somewhere there was a little mistake in the writing, perhaps it was a word miswritten, or the wrong word came in there, or something like that. So now he is an alim of such a great position, and now Hadim Dadullah Rahmatullah, who is not an alim formally, though Allah Ta'ala had blessed him with such knowledge from direct sources, that even the great ulama would be stunned and amazed that Subhanallah, where did he get this knowledge from? But that was something that Allah Ta'ala blessed. Ilm-e-Wahbi. When a person totally 
annihilates himself, crushes the nafs, and the person conducts himself with taqwa, with the obedience of Allah Ta'ala, and a person continues in this, then Allah Ta'ala grants him knowledge from unseen sources. Allah Ta'ala says, adopt taqwa, Allah Ta'ala will teach you. Allah Ta'ala will grant you ilm. This ilm will come ilm wahbi it will come directly from the side of Allah Ta'ala. And this is that nur that comes in the heart, which guides a person towards what is right, saves a person from what is wrong. This is the way forward. So in any case, he gave him this kitab to correct. So he went through it and he found this one word that was misspelled or miswritten or something. So what he did was, he circled that one word. He circled it, with his pencil, or whatever he was writing with, and then he brought it to Hadisa and he gave it to him, and all he said was, that this one word I did not understand. This one word, I did not understand. Now meanwhile, he understood it very well, that this is a mistake. He understood that very well. But how did he put it forward? He put it forward in this way, that I did not understand this. Now, when he said, I didn't understand it, in other words, I'm not sure what this means, or the clarification I needed. So, he just said, I didn't understand this. So, Hadim Dallah looked at it carefully, he said, no, no, this is a mistake. He immediately picked it up, because he was no ordinary person, but at the time of writing, sometimes, something, there's a slip somewhere. So, he immediately picked it up. Now, this was the objective, the objective was to point out to him that there is an error here. But how did he go about pointing out the error? He used such a diplomatic manner that he maintained the respect to the highest level. And he pointed out the error as well. Hazrat Ma'ashavali Thanwi was once sitting in the masjid and he needed some change. So Somebody was there, so he gave him the note and he took the change from that person. That person had the change. Now this too, this change, taking of the change is a kind of transaction. It's like buying and selling. So you're giving the person a 10 rand note and he's giving you 10 one rand coins. So you've bought the coins in lieu of the note. Now because it's equal, so there's no problem with it. It's not interest or anything. But this is a transaction, it's buying and selling. So now he bought and sold. Now because it was, now we normally don't talk of it as buying, we don't talk of it as selling. We just say, I want some change. So uh, take there's a note, give me the change. Now in the masjid, it is not permissible to buy and sell. To conduct business in the masjid is not permissible. But now because asking for change, it doesn't cost the mind also generally that this is a transaction, it's a sale. It's a purchase and a sale. So at that moment, as a Tanvi it didn't cross his mind because it's commonly not referred to in that manner. And once in a while, somebody wants some change like this. So it didn't cross his mind. Now there was somebody else, some student there. So he, in a very respectful manner, asked that, Hazrat, supposing if a person is asking for change, will this be also regarded as a purchase and sale? Or will it just be that it's just changing money? So as soon as he asked the question, Hazrat immediately reflected. And he said, hey, this is, this is wrong what has happened. 
he asked that person, please bring my money back and you take your note back and cancel this. Because this was wrong, it wasn't supposed to have been done in this way, this is incorrect transaction, so cancel it. And he took the money back and he gave him the note back, so he cancelled this thing. Then he came out of the masjid and he said, now let's redo the deal. Because we're not supposed to have done that in the masjid, so we cancelled that. So let's redo the deal, now give me that 10 rand change. For example, what it was, whatever it was, he gave him the 10 rand note and he now took the change. But then he commended the student. He said, MashaAllah, I'm very happy with what you did. Number one, you noticed the error, so you brought it up. You did not remain silent about it and let that error pass. So you brought it up. But you brought it up in such a wonderful manner that you maintained the full respect. You did not compromise on the respect in any way. Now this is the thing that was very commendable. Now wait, but the, the, we digressed here. The lesson we were talking about was that in adopting adab, this also requires a mujahada. Now to just blurt anything out is very easy. But there is a mujahada inside of how to conduct oneself correctly. But now this mujahada is what speeds up a person's progress. Now somewhere there was mujahada with salah. So to remove that laziness. Now one is the laziness came out. So the person performed the fard correctly. Then took the laziness out. There was a challenge. But the person said, I cannot neglect my sunnats. I must perform my sunnats properly. This is such an important thing. So now the person made that mujahada and performed the sunnats. Then somebody makes even more mujahada. And it's time for some nafil salah. And the opportunity is there. So now they're making the nafil salah. So now there's a mujahada in that too. Then there's some wrong things happening around. So one distanced oneself from that. There's some rebirth taking place. There's some evil talk taking place. So now one distanced oneself from that. Now there's a mujahada in that too. But now each time that this mujahada is being undertaken, this is speeding a person's progress and as a result, in time, one comes to a rank where even the angels cannot reach that rank. This is insan's capacity. This is insan's capacity. If he applies himself correctly, then he'll be able to reach the rank beyond the rank of the angels. So Allah Taala has made this so easy for us, given us such a wonderful opportunity that we just make this little mujahada and we don't give in to our nafs. And when a person will make that mujahada, then this nafs will weaken. Now he's defying the nafs. Each time he defies the nafs, the courage increases and the nafs weakens. And as time goes, this nafs becomes like a small little mouse like a weak mouse. And this courage and himmat in a person is like a lion. So now as soon as this nafs tries to just shake its tail a little bit, this person is like a lion in front of it. I will perform my salah now. I am not a weakling. I am not going to just get washed away by somebody else telling me, don't do this and come now and do this and sit around here and talk and waste time. I am somebody who will stand my ground to do the right thing. I will not be somebody that will get influenced by people that to behave in an incorrect way or to conduct oneself in a manner without adab. Now somebody else is just blurting out things in the class or whatever else. So I will see that 
and because now the himmat and the courage is so weak, I also just flow along. I also start doing the same things. No. A person who has got courage and himmat, they detect what is right and what is wrong. And something that is wrong, they say, no, I'm not going to be part of this. I'm not going to just get influenced so easily. I just get washed away like a piece of grass. Any flood water comes, just wash anything away. I'm not just a piece of grass. I'm a lion that flows against the tide. A lion swims upstream. So I will swim upstream. I will fight this nafs. I'll perform all my salah on time. I'll perform it correctly. I'll perform it properly without rushing it and being hasty. Just for the sake of just to get to some idle talk and some other unnecessary things. No, I'll perform it correctly, properly. I'll perform my sunnahs as well, properly. I'll perform my nafil also. I'll make sure my tasbihat is completed. I'll make sure my tilawat is completed. I'll do all this whether it is madrasa time or whether it is holiday. Whether it is weekend, whatever. Whether it is the strong end or the weak end. Whichever end of it it is. I won't take the wrong end. Just keep on the right end all the time. So, and the right end is never a dead end. The right end keeps progressing. But the other ends, these are dead ends. And then it kills a person too. When a person gets into the wrong end, the wrong end is a dead end. And the dead end kills the person spiritually. That all the ruhaniyat dies of them. Because a person is not in the right end. Now the right end in terms of our friends, in terms of the environment, in terms of the things that we read, the things we look at, the things we listen to, the things we speak. So all this has to be on the right side, on the right end. And when all this will continue being on the right end, then inshallah we'll be on the end that keeps progressing. Otherwise we'll finish off in a dead end, and then that dead end is quicksand there. Then is that's another danger. So we need to, this is the lesson that we need to develop this courage and develop this himmat, develop this constancy and this firmness in our actions. And where will this come from? By that mujahada, that we fight the nafs and we convince ourselves that I'm not a weakling, I'm not a blade of grass just on the floodwaters. I'm not just a piece of dirt that just gets washed away. No, I am a lion for Allah Ta'ala. Not to be proud in front of people. A lion against the nafs. A lion in fulfilling the commands of Allah Ta'ala. Meaning that courage, that steadfastness. And when a person takes this on, then in a short time it becomes very easy to conduct all the amal correctly and to stay away from haram. And if a person keeps giving into the nafs, then one day it like there's a little bit of difficulty that comes with it, then a little more, and then that nafs starts growing, and the himmat starts decreasing. Then that himmat and courage becomes like a little mouse, and that nafs becomes like a lion. And now the person is thinking of doing something too, that nafs roars at him. So he just becomes like a meek mouse and runs away, can't do anything. And as we explained earlier, in deen then this laziness becomes such a huge obstacle and deprives one of so much of good. And then it even continues in dunya also. In the dunya issues also. In the day-to-day necessary work also. A person's chores, 
They just can't. Now, a lot of times we get these kind of things coming up. person says, how do I explain to my wife? She's just sitting and all the time on WhatsApp and all the time on social media and these kind of things. And uh, not even ready to do any of the chores, help out with whatever, nothing. Now how long is this kind of life going to carry on? And how long is that kind of marriage going to last? So not that they are not, there aren't problems on other sides, but now we are discussing our side, addressing uh, those who are going to be wives someday. So now this is the aspects that we have to be careful about. We have to be conscious about that we develop ourselves in a way that this laziness doesn't creep in. And we are ready for any khidmat. We are ready for taking up any chore, any challenge also. We keep asking for afiyat. We keep asking Allah Ta'ala to make things easy for us. But if some kind of things sometimes need to be addressed, we are ready for it. So Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we develop this mujahada. And we develop this himmat and courage. That we are not distracted from anything necessary that we have to do. Our salah, our other ibadat, our adab, in upholding this adab, this is something that we will now not allow anything to come in the way. This mujahada will make. So our parents will not hear us ever backcutting. They will never hear us being rude and abrupt. They will always see a pleasant child. They will always see somebody who is thinking ahead. And somebody who is formulating their words very correctly. Because they are people who have learned to make this mujahada and do what is right. May Allah tabarak wa ta'ala accept one and all. Allah ta'ala give us a tawfiq of doing that which pleases Him at all times. Again the reminder, last week also we mentioned this istima that is to take place inshallah in the coming weekend, 19-20-21. This is something we should be making dua for the success of this istima. Allah Ta'ala make it a means of hidayat for the entire mankind. And by making this dua for the ease of all the arrangements also and for the objective of the istima to take place and hidayat to spread in the simple way of earnest dua will make our full share in all the good that will come out of this. And subhanallah there are so many people whose lives change at an istima. We will share the full reward in all this good that takes place. بلا تبارك وتعالى اكسبت ون اول واخر دعوانا ان الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم لك الحمد كله ولك الشكر كله اللهم لا نحصي ثناء عليك انت كما اثنيت على نفسك جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو اهله ربنا ظلمنا انفسنا وان لم تغفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم انك انت العز الاكرم ربنا هب لنا من أزواجنا وذرياتنا قرة أعين واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما واجعلنا للمتقين إماما ربنا تقبل منا إنك أنت السميع العليم وتب علينا يا مولانا إنك أنت التواب الرحيم اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه معين والحمد لله رب